0: Or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode.
1: You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now.
0: A new episode of I'm a Doctor, not a podcast, Cinema Geekly Star Trek podcast. It's the Chief Petty Officer, Anthony Lewis, along with the Fleet Admiral, Ben Knight. Ben, you couldn't see this, but I saluted to you uh, from my desk all the way over here uh, in uh, America. So, I mean, you think I couldn't see that. So we know. had the view screen on, of course. My apologies. Yeah. Um. <laughs>
1: no one can think of it as, as um, space balls with the... <laughs> <laughs> the video screen's in the wrong rooms.
0: Uh, so we uh we have gathered here today to talk about the season three finale of Star Trek Discovery episode twelve. Uh called or Episode thirteen, my bad, called That Hope Is You Part two. We finally got around to it, Ben. They finally mm. they finally finished that second part that started way back at the beginning of this season. And uh yeah, as it turns out not i tangentially uh connected in the michael burnham sense because yeah. that hope is michael burnham and uh that was uh instilled at the beginning of of the season and reinforced at the end here but mm-hmm. let's talk about what happens because i have mixed feelings about mm. the end of season 3 so Unable to jump away without Stamets, Osira fights her way out of the Federation headquarters and shuts off life support for the bridge crew. Despite this, Tilly and the bridge crew are able to plant a bomb in one of the ship's nacelles with the help of the Sphere Data Robits, dropping Discovery from Warp. Burnham makes her way to the ship's data core, kills Osira in a fight... And resets the computer systems. She turns life support back on and beams all Emerald Chain Fighters off of the ship. To where? I don't know. Space, perhaps? Uh, it's not really discussed. Maybe back to their ship? I don't know. Not important. Aurelio, after a change in heart, suggests that Book could use the spore drive with his empathic abilities. Because why not? Uh, yeah. and they jump to the nebula Saru helps Sukal turn off the simulation and come to terms with the death of his mother as his reaction to that is what caused the burn just as Discovery arrives Saru decides to help Sukal start a new life on Kaminar and Burnham is promoted to captain the Emerald Chain collapses after Osira's death and planets begin to rejoin the Federation Discovery sets out to bring Dilithium from the nebula to planets that have been cut off by the burn. Ben, what did you think of the season three finale? I'm not in love with Let's Fly. Let's start with that. <laughs> uh, that's her That's her. make it so, I think.
1: Yeah. Um, that's what happens when you put in a sort of... You put the focus on one line earlier on in the season yeah. and then really
0: haven't thought of a good one by the time you hit the end of it. But anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean, let's be honest. This really only works for Picard and like it, like it kind of worked a little bit in the in the the Kelvin verse when Pike would say punch it but i mean that's really just a reference to star wars uh yeah. honestly Picard that's kind of the only thing and i feel like people sort of think like Oh, that's a thing. Like, they need a thing to say. And they did make fun of so it with Lois Saru. Griffin sort of... Yeah. She said it! Thing. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I know they joked around with the idea with Saru, uh, which I got a good chuckle at. But um, you don't need it. I mean, she sold it. Like, oh. she sold the hell out of it. Uh, but you, you don't need it. No.
1: Um, talk, you mentioned the JJ verse. I mean, this... This episode was visually, I mean, extraordinary. This had the Mm -hmm. cinematic feel of, um, of a big, big movie. And I mean, before I get into perhaps some of the slightly stickier subjects, I think just worth saying, particularly during, um, doing a lot of stuff from, from people's homes and everything else, Mm -hmm. for them to produce a season finale on, um, on a tv show which is what this is yes. that looks that incredible mm-hmm. um, and sounds that incredible as well actually we often sort of we often mention the sound production in the star trek and actually this mm-hmm. this episode didn't disappoint in that regard um it, it was stunning and and for once actually the the sort of gentle sort of slashing in of some of the jj verse stuff into discoveries worked quite well um, and, and I feel like the program has finally got a visual identity now which um, which I'm pleased about and I, I like the sort of compromise that we've got in terms of that and in fact the theme of everything I'm about to say is, is something we've said before on the show which is this season had to be about um, making sure that, the, that it wasn't just another quick reboot but this was all the groundwork for what the show now is going forward um, they tried to get a few stories in there as well and give us some regular network um, sort of TV style uh, episodes and they did that with varying degrees of success but mostly positively but at the end of this finale in other words at the start of the new season of this which they've got plenty of time to make now um, enough Mm -hmm. is enough this show now has its identity stop giving us your production meetings on screen Star Trek please Mm -hmm. Um, so I just say that before I say anything else um a few aspects of this fell pretty flat for me like um the admiral having no plan whatsoever how disappointed am i after saying what i said last week on the show (laughs) um the tilly plot really had no purpose which is disappointing i mean you got a little bit of exposition in there in terms of um i'm not even sure you did particularly it it didn't really seem to serve a purpose they were in the way they provided a, a motivator for burnham i suppose but that was about it um the sphere uh I'm also pleased it was not a magic wand scenario, um, or a golden arrow for those who are fans of our Who show. Um, but it also contributed little to nothing to the episode. People go, Oh yes, but it was inhabiting the robot who pulled about Yeah, sure. But that that could have been done a million ways. The sphere, you know, this um computer system that's um uh conscious and um, super clever and lives inside the computer managed to do jack shit about um, solving the problem of a takeover of the ship. Mm-hmm. Um Kelpien Toddler story was pretty traditional Trek stuff. Um, I've I forgotten the name of the actor who played him but uh, he had uh, some of the best scenes in the whole episode and some of the worst but um, on balance that was pretty pretty straightforward. Um, mm-hmm. The production and performances that were worth commenting I thought Osyraa, uh, when you're playing a, a particular sort of a green villain it's a bit Wicked Witch of the West it's a little bit you know the temptation is to go down that kind of slightly pantomime route and I think uh, she has played that character so well it's been well written enough to make her um, uh, enjoyable credible super evil whilst also having a a couple of different layers to her Um, Burnham continues to be I have to end this episode I think perhaps better than any previous episode breathtakingly good performances um, I thought book was worth a mention here. Some um, strong stuff with not the best source material. Um, so, in fact, Ian Alexander is great. Uh, like nineteen-year-old um, actor, and this is like a tiny part, but uh, probably one of the most powerful little sort of snips of this whole uh, episode for me. So, weren't mm-hmm. worth a mention. Um, I-, I thought there um, the but as i say though the problem with this episode is that it's it's a um the sort of final steps of the rebuild and it's it's set up um you know the the whole point of this episode is it it tells us now yes okay the the rebuilding of the federation can commence and so on and that's great there are there are so many holes in the storyline um and nonsensical elements to it that it's not even worth picking through them um I mean there there's literally hundreds of things that make zero sense even within the track universe in this episode but I somehow didn't care so much. Um I don't like the the biggest jarring moment for me was the um the inside of the turbo lifts again because all of a sudden we lose even if they can make that physics work um, and it's not TARDIS technology because it sure as hell feels like it in those scenes, Mm -hmm. um, what it does is, I find anyway, it jars the viewer away from... You spend so much time thinking about, wait, that's what's going on with the turbo lift? Rather than the whole point of the scenes that should have been tense in and around those lifts um, with with moments of action. Instead, you just end up with this kind of weird... I do not even know what that was. So I, I hated those scenes. But um, other than that, it wasn't too bad. Um, the problem for this episode overall for me is the fact that a lot of... It, it comes down to the word I've used every episode, which is pacing. Mm-hmm. They, um, they've got an hour and a bit. In fact, we take out the recap an hour here to do this episode, which is longer than any other episode of Discovery. Mm-hmm. And um, we've had some overly slow episodes. We've had some overly slow moments. Um, We've had clumsy attempts during this episode to keep forcing the faces of the bridge crew into our brains so that we remember them, and that's fine if you're giving them something to do. If they're just looking happy or sad, then that doesn't really help me. Um, The pacing needs work. Um, If Discovery is going to find its feet as you know, rather than just an interesting experiment, but like a full-on, well-loved part of the star trek uh, canon it needs to get better at um not sending it feels at times like it's got people writing different segments of it and they don't talk or something um get them together understand the time frame over which you're going to tell your whole story and then you don't have to gloss over massive sections as it was i felt an awful lot of the actors were let down by the absence of um Conclusions to arcs, or the ability to uh, to expand upon you know actual interesting things that have been introduced uh, to their Mm -hmm. roles during it. All of this said, um, weirdly, and I for those who don't know, I've not been terribly well uh, lately with uh, with stuff, but um, it may have been the medication. But (laughs) I actually ended up watching this episode weirdly at a couple of moments with tears pouring down my face. Now, I am putting that down to the fact that the, the production of this, because it felt so huge... Um, and the soundtrack of course had you know the big swells in it which yeah. tend to be there to produce that output mm-hmm. um i but even like the superman 3 reference um when burnham gets uh, for no reason partially absorbed into the uh, into the data core and stuff yeah uh, which was i mean I, I assume that was the reference to superman 3 because i it, it, it couldn't really been anything else um which is the second time we've referenced Superman 3, that scene, on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> yes. Well, we did it last series series as well. Um, even, like, I don't know, every... It's so weird. Take any scene from this episode, and you could go, wow, that must be a scene from one of the best installments of Discovery ever. Mm-hmm. Put them all together, rush them in a show that's an hour long, and, and, and get the basic storytelling element wrong Mm -hmm. and the best you can hope for is a mediocre finish but a lot of hope for um finally what discovery is now revealing itself to be hopefully as a fully formed here's where we begin um at the start of season four if they don't hit the ground running at the start of season four which i know i said for season three but if they don't now they've done all of this groundwork i fear for the future of discovery
0: Yeah, Uh, They have said, by the way, that the next season they're staying right where they are. So they're not changing. This is where Discovery will live now. This is the time Mm -hmm. period in which they'll live. Uh, I think I read something about them filming seasons 4 and 5 back to back. Yeah, Um, which
1: might improve the pacing, in fairness, because mm -hmm. they'll have a better overview.
0: Yeah. Uh, My suggestion after watching this is ditch the arcs. Uh, yeah, do smaller like do you can do smaller ones perhaps, but uh, and honestly, uh, to me, it felt like the show started kind of falling back into this after the Giorgio two-parter, which yeah, now clearly just existed to set up the spinoff, which didn't end up helping the pace of the arc that they're trying to tell because they took a two-episode break to set up another show, which is fine. Those episodes were great. Um. Mm-hmm. I think the problem is the arc because by the time this episode was done, while I liked some of it, I Mm -hmm. felt let down. I just felt disappointed. I felt like we were right back to where we were last season with something that started out with some promise, but ultimately like by the time it was done, I, I don't care about the burn. Like, and the, their explanation for it was, you know, a, a mutant Kelpian felt bad yeah. because his mom died, so now nobody can travel at warp speed. Is yeah. just, uh, like that's such a huge seismic shift to the world of yeah. Star Trek, and that's the reason behind it is something so tiny. Uh, This is what happens, though, when the... the, Not not tiny in a good way, tiny in in a way that felt insignificant to me. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, like, that was, like, their thing. This is the thing that's existed in the background. This show was at its best when that was in the background. This show was at its best when they were talking about... uh, when they were giving us bits of nostalgia, but using it in ways to advance characters and to talk about them in another way, like using trill to sort of, uh, provide a sort of commentary on the transgender experience, Mm. uh, I thought was brilliant and also touched on things in a very nostalgic way. If you loved next gen or to a greater extent, deep space nine, where that was even more, uh, expounded upon, um like I think the show was working on its best like in like on all gears when it was doing that. It was But you're you're picking something
1: there that you're mm-hmm. getting right that the whole of their production crew seem to be missing, which is yeah. there is a difference and this is not just them. Modern TV production is guilty of this generally, I think. Yeah. Um there is a difference between ARC's and context, mm-hmm. and TV shows have always had context, um, and that's fine. And the context of this may well be the burn, or may well be um, you know a particular you know trade uh, cartel or whatever but that doesn't have to be you, you don't have to introduce that and then say therefore every episode must ultimately be leading to a conclusion about this arc mm-hmm. and you know everything else then gets rushed because of it yeah. i'm happy to know in in matrek that there is a background situation like in tng um we always knew for example about the problem with the romulans mm-hmm. it wasn't every single episode it yeah. wasn't um, it, sometimes it would drop into the story and that would feel like an inconvenience to what else was going on in the story yeah. and those were the good moments what they're letting um, happen I think at Discovery like so many TV shows right now is they're all trying to be a little bit too clever and go yeah. ah well we'll tease something in this episode that we'll get a payoff for right at the end and we'll must rush to that payoff irrespective of you know how we get to it Yeah, and I can see where that habit's come from um, in modern television. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a byproduct, weirdly, of what people will call in the golden age of television. Uh, But, but, you know, don't be frightened to, you know, nostalgia isn't playing the the original series theme tune at the end of an episode. Nostalgia is remembering how Star Trek works. And Mm -hmm. this was an incident, I'm afraid, where I do fall into that perhaps... Slightly lazy criticism that everyone's making now, of saying Star Trek needs to remember what Star Trek is.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean i I agree and disagree to a certain extent. Like, I mean, Star Trek can be many flavors; it doesn't have to be all one exactly the same thing. That being mm-hmm. said, uh, I think Star Trek at its best is like any show at its best, which is um, the the cleverness is is clever, but it's not too clever for its own good. Uh, the, the, the stuff with the burn, I was trying to think about ultimately what was the purpose this served? Because it's easy to think of a different way to, Mm. uh, talk about the burn in the show, which is, they needed a leveler. Yeah. Well, to me, okay. So here's how I, here's how I kind of placed its usage in this season, or at least this is how, well, first let's start with how I think it could have been done. Um, like you mentioned with the Romulans, actually, that was really like a really uh, a, like an excellent point because they do mention the Romulans sort of early on in TNG. And then they do become like a thing later uh, mm-hmm. when you come across them. But um, it, it was not like the thing that everything hung on. Uh, the burn could have been something very similar. It could have been some sort of natural disaster that nobody knows, like where it came from or what it is. Uh, they call it the burn, but it doesn't have to be um, a mystery. Like It could have been a damage to subspace. I was having these conversations yesterday with somebody sure.
1: about what could have they done. It could have been some sort of um, uh, very widespread, perhaps even universal damage to subspace. Yes. Which meant that warp travel was not impossible, but um, a little unsafe, or it's in some places impossible in certain regions of the galaxy. Yeah. That I would not have struggled. They could have even made it slightly zeitgeisty by saying it's as a result of, you know, um, effectively some sort Mm. of pollution story,
0: run what you want. There are so many ways they could have done it. that wouldn't be as hamfisted as that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, it it could have been a thing that existed in the background. It didn't need to be a mystery to be solved. It could Mm -hmm. have just been a, this is what it's like now in this future. Um, and they could have naturally come across the dilithium planet that has remained intact largely because of the nebula for which it resides in. Somehow protected it from this disaster. And you can still like go about it. You can remember it from earlier this season. Oh, I remember them talking about the dilithium thing. Um, you could have played it off like that. But I know why they did what they did this season. I know the, like, the purpose that that device served. And that was to put Michael Burnham where she is. Uh, often her reckless behavior so far has led her into not so great situations. Uh, but, uh, they finally needed a situation where her reckless behavior turned out to be good actually, and it ended up placing her, uh, in the captain's chair, which is, I think, we, where we imagined she would have ended up eventually. Um, mm-hmm. although it was difficult to imagine because most of the time it felt like she was straying away from Starfleet, although they've, touched on that this season they made sure to touch on that this season about her willing or like her doubt about staying or going and although i didn't think her or vance sold that scene uh which is weird because no. they were both
1: very good throughout this yes. i thought that scene even the look on their faces said yeah we both feel like there should be an explanation for why this conversation is as weird as it is
0: yeah i mean it just none of that really worked and, and again uh uh, very similar, uh, you know, I guess we're going to pull back the curtain. I'm going to pull back the curtain here a little bit, but Ben and I just got done talking about, uh, a doctor who episode in which, uh, characters also just sort of suddenly left at the end. Uh, and that sort of same thing sort of happens here with, uh, Doug Jones's Saru. Like he's, they just, after the story is done, Burnham is sort of narrating the after events and she's like, Saru went back to his home planet. They needed him. Uh, wait hold on he's been like a central figure to this show he was given the captaincy in this season we're seeing the production meeting on screen That's yes it felt like he was really growing into this role and then they're just like he literally was like poochie from that episode of the Simpsons <laughs> <laughs> I must go back to my home planet they need Damn me. it they poochied us yes <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, there's <laughs> been talk about Doug Jones leaving the show before. Um, yeah. but what a shame because he is so good. Uh, I mean, he'll be back. I presume maybe. he will return at some point, but I don't think he'll be a regular yeah. anymore. Um, no, 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 do I, he'll, maybe he'll be the show's Natasha Yar. He'll just
1: pop. up. I, from I, time sa- to time. I do salute him for, um, for what he did in the show because mm-hmm actually people talk about all the sort of you know the new things they've done with it Um, and they're kind of new in the 21st century sort of sense but Mm -hmm. actually his performance um, in that role with a big development for that character over a weird context um, and all of that with the prosthesis um, his performance was incredible and Um, I do hope he is a bit Tasha Um, Mm Yar-esque I hope we see him back time and time again because um, I mean there's a reason why he's you know got the notoriety he's got now he's an excellent actor and Saru um, is not going to be an embarrassing forgotten moment in Star Trek history for me
0: yeah no I agree um a lot of the show that was my cat not Saru (laughs) um a lot of this show, and clearly, Disco's a big fan of Grudge. So he
1: does. Oh, yes, of course, uh, how weird is it? I didn't remember that my cat was named after the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, okay. So
0: most of this episode for me was just sort of like a, eh. and the thing that I think I liked most about the show was the end. Like it had me. I, put me in the same place that you were in. Like, okay, yeah. we got this out of the way. We got this third establishing season for this show out of the way. Let's start moving forward. Um, I don't think we need to... I feel like they've done arcs season one and season two and season three. And I mm-hmm. don't think we need to do that anymore. I think we just need some good Star Trek interest stories. Like mm-hmm. things that... you know. they've said it perfectly
1: we're about to start seeing these um alien races some of whom will be old friends some new um yes (laughs) coming back to the federation or joining the federation and you know it's like potentially first contact all over again with all of these different races and I'm, i'm here for all of that that can be as episodic as you like the context rather than arc pay attention at cbs is that um they're rebuilding the federation and yeah, there may be some callbacks to issues with the uh, Orions or whatever else. But that's that's how to move this on now. It's not to reshuffle again.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully, hopefully they do it. Uh, everybody's in the current uniforms now. Uh, yes. So they finally made that switch. Most of them look pretty good in it. Uh, the uniforms will take a little bit of getting used to. It's a little bit too much gray for me. And uh, some book is not yet some but it's coming. Yeah. Honestly, that's uh, for me, that's where it ended. Uh, like that's not, well, I mean, that is where the show literally ended, but <laughs> like, that's also where my interest sort of uh, began and ended uh, the stuff with um, Saru and Culber, like on the hollow ship. I just, I don't uh, Like they could all mm. see, everyone could see gray for some reason, like, that didn't make <laughs> no any sense. Reason. No. That made no sense. They could all see him. Uh, that's all weird. Uh, yeah. The I can't remember the Kelpian's name. Some, for some reason, to me, it felt like a lot of his dialogue was sing-songy. Did you hear that? Mm-hmm. Or was that just me? Yeah, no, okay. I, I thought the same. Yeah, He's very much like, why am I feeling this? Uh, I'm like, I don't know. Why are you talking <laughs> like that? Uh, this episode
1: of Star Trek Discovery is written for you by Sir Edward German. <laughs>
0: yes. Oh, no, my mother has died. Uh, I don't know why, but it felt like some of it was very sing-songy delivered. And I'm like, that's a weird way to talk. But, I mean, you do you. It's okay. Some Sometimes people talk in musical, I guess. That's all right. Yeah. Um. <laughs> not for me. I like musicals, but it, just, it felt weird. Uh, so yeah, in closing, Ben, I uh, was not the biggest fan of this episode and I mean they're they're good at ending their seasons with me having hope for the next season. So I will give them mm-hmm. that. Uh, and this season delivered far better than the previous two seasons did for me. Um, that being said, like they gotta work on their they gotta work on their closings. Uh, they, they. I really feel like they nailed it in the middle of this season. I was mm. so... Like, we were actively excited every week for the next episode. Basically until the end of that Giorgio two-parter. And for me, it kind of just went downhill. It felt like we sort of slumped backwards into uh, what we were getting last season and the season before. And I mean, I don't want to... There's definitely a part of me that wants to scream, you know... Just do the Orville, but without the jokes, which, of course, the Orville started doing on their own. But like this show doesn't need to be like that TNG homage or clone. To me, all they have to do is do what they were doing in the middle of this season and then just do that every episode. Just give me something. Just give me something like that every episode. And I know they feel like they need to make, maybe they feel like they need to end big with big battles and so much at stake, uh, and all that stuff, but it uh, just wasn't feeling it. Uh, kind of the whole seat. like I know Osira has been kind of like a fun ish villain, but never felt like, I, my interest was never really that captured by it, um, at all. It's just, Orions have never been that particularly interesting. And then they stripped away the only things that sort of, they sort of stripped away the only gimmick the Orions had, which is that Orion females tend to have like a controlling, uh, like a controlling pheromone thing or something. Oh, um, I thought you meant that guy's butthole from the <laughs> season. No. Uh, I still declare that gratuitous. <laughs> um, no. It's, it's, to me, it's just, you know, it was just a generic bad guy with green makeup on there. There wasn't even anything particularly interesting, um, uh, about, yeah, but she'll get you my pretty on your little. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just, that stuff was the least compelling stuff this season for me. And mm-hmm. honestly, when you delve for me and this is, you know, admittedly, this is a me hang up. This is a thing that's just, I mean, I'm sure it affects other people too. They don't have to cater just to me. But when you take a show and you jump it so far into the future, but past in the timeline, all of these other shows that I've watched and loved, my first thoughts are what's going on with like what's happened in between with all of the places and things that I loved from that. I want to know where everything is. And they, they did touch on some of that and that's when I love the show the most Uh, That's also when they were the most Star Trek-y. They weren't just talking about uh, Vulcans and Romulans and Trill and stuff like that. But they were doing stories that also felt very much like things from that era of Trek as well. And that's when I was really enjoying the show the most. Um, You know, when they're like, you know, let's try to keep making, you know, let's try to keep making the Orions a thing. Like, nah, I, I'm good. Like they, they were, they were good. Something where one of the most um, engaging parts of a
1: show that costs as much money as this does to make yes. um, is a, uh, a slightly sketchy show trial that takes place in a boardroom. <laughs>
0: yes. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, but look like the Orions, all they ever really got was uh, that, they got an episode of enterprise. Uh, they were featured a little bit in or the original series, but only, only just, mm-hmm. and the, like the Orion stuff in enterprise. Wasn't that great? Like, and you know, it's one, it's one of those things like learn, learn from, learn from the Ferengi experiment when they wanted to make the Ferengi, the big bad guys for next gen. And they're like, this is just not working. And they were able to mold them over time mm-hmm. in you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, they were able to uh in Deep Space Nine especially were able to mold them into interesting uh an interesting species and create memorable characters. But that's after they kinda gave up on the this just doesn't work in thing. And yeah, you know, I I and you know what, Ben? We went the whole season uh no not even a mention of Klingons so are they like extinct or what's going sure. on
1: I mean like I I mean we're gonna I, th- I think this is the point isn't it is next season we're gonna find out what's been going on with mm-hmm. all of the above and then some we're probably gonna find out what the hell ever became of the, the Borg right the, I was the, just gonna and say and the Borg because like you think the Borg would be having the time of their lives right now it turns out mm, mm-hmm. I'm not sure about that yeah like um, what's going but, on with them yeah yeah, I, I, I just think like it's the 2020 of Star Trek seasons. It's the one that kind of had to take place because it was inevitable. But now let's just put it the hell behind us and start where we're starting. You mentioned the Orville, incident in there. Um, and, of course, we're talking about what might be coming next and actually chronologically i suspect it will be the orville uh, season three because i mean it's been delayed three times already um and they started um, filming again uh, like halfway they're already halfway through but they resumed in december of last year um and then they had to suspend it again last week uh so uh, that down to uh, coronavirus so mm-hmm. i think the next bit of track we get is going to be <laughs> Um, off-brand Trek in the form of the uh, the Orville.
0: Which I can't which wait is, for, by the way.
1: Yeah, very much looking forward to that. I wonder, in fact, given that they've finished half of the season already, mm-hmm. there's only 11 episodes in this season, sadly. Yeah. Um, Their last
0: but season they're all longer.
1: Well. Yeah, but they're all longer episodes. There are mm-hmm. more two-parters and things like that. I wonder whether we might get um, the Orville kind of and dispersed a bit, mm-hmm. maybe during maybe split into two over the course of yeah. the year, the sort of Netflix, uh, Netflix release format.
0: Well, I'm gonna, Ben, you I'm know. gonna make an executive decision here, despite being the chief petty officer, and you, of course, mm-hmm. uh, the fleet admiral. But it's unorthodox, but I'll allow it. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Tilly became first officer, and she's an ensign, exactly. So, you yeah, know, all the rules are out the window now here in the 31st century or whatever century we're in now. Um, who knows? Well, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, I, I think we can tell. I think they've said. I just forgotten. but uh, I don't know when we are, but it's dystopian. Oh, yes. yeah, <laughs> no, That's for sure. Uh, we don't know when the next... We know what the next Star Trek series is that's going to premiere, but we don't know when it's going to premiere. And I say... If the Orville premieres early enough before that, we should just come back and talk about the Orville because we haven't talked about it enough. We did talk about the first and second seasons, kind of, uh, sort of in a offhanded way, like, "Oh, here's what happened on the Orville this week. That was a fun episode." Well, that's that's because they had the decency to
1: schedule that alongside the show that we were covering. Yes, um, that's true. Frankly, that decision not to has been nothing short of rude and considerate. But yes. Um, if it comes no, back, I, I would do nothing more that. than to
0: talk about it.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I have seen I, I try to avoid spoilers generally um, on pretty much anything that I actually enjoy and watch. Uh, but I have been sneaking a peek at some of the things mm-hmm. that have been kicking around on the Orville because because it's been halted twice now. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff kicking around out there from frustrated production people who are like, we really want to show you what we're doing. Yeah. Um, and Oh, there's quite a lot. If you, you don't have to dig that hard on the internet to find a lot of Orville. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, season three, they're going to go out leaving people wanting more, I am certain. And by God, I think they're going to go out with a bang. If the thing I saw literally today, uh, and I'm not <laughs> going to give any spoilers, but You're oh, paining me,
0: Lordy, they're going out with a bang and well okay. played okay Well, I don't want to be spoiled I think I'll just enjoy it when it occurs but who doesn't like a bit of crossover action oh wow okay I wish you had not said that because now I'm going to be thinking about (laughs) like any number of things don't worry
1: you're in drink you won't recall until you go back and listen to this (laughs)
0: um good point uh and and fair point in fact uh okay Ben so what would you give that hope is you part two electric boogaloo Oh,
1: um, mm, It made me cry. That feels like it should get more than I'm going to...
0: Well, I mean, you're also British, Ben, and I'm yeah, pretty but, sure that um, that's just the, the coding. phosphate that made yeah. me cry. It's hard to tell. I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure it is. I'm pretty sure in British, uh, in British citizens it activates dormant tear ducts, I believe. Yeah,
1: because we're not fed it in breakfast cereal like uh <laughs> like the US. Yes. Um, <laughs> okay, so... I'm going to give it, uh, despite all of the good things I have to say about it, because of the fundamental Mm -hmm. storytelling problems, um, it can't get any more than a three and a quarter uh, from me, which I feel sad about, but Mm -hmm. I'm optimistic going forward.
0: Uh, For me, Ben, it's a a three, a soft three. So soft you could lay your head down on it and fall asleep. Um, (laughs) Barely, barely barely made that three for me. Uh, I hope Glenn's yeah. listening to this show because it's <laughs> weirder than any
1: of the regular shows you guys have done. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I got I got to stop drinking so much, Ben, I think is my problem. Um, <laughs> I've been told it to be, makes things... Geekly, the Intervention podcast is the next one on the franchise. In nah, case you I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Uh, I, think, I, I think, again, uh, my problem is that uh, I maybe put a little bit too much vodka in uh, I'm trying to like eye it up, but I'm terrible at eyeing up. Uh, I'm terrible at eyeing up measurements. So He's going to make me do the wrap up of the show in a minute, and I'm I <laughs> just not here for it. Ben, I'm going to go take a nap. You, uh, you wrap up. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no. I think I'm. I think I'm, Lewis, I've been right. <laughs> this is Cinema Geekly. Uh, we've been listening to a lot of things. Some of it was about Star Trek. <laughs> no, I'm. Uh, we'll be back one day. Uh, I've got, I have got. I think I've got it. I, th- I think we're good. Um, there will be some more Star Trek to come, hopefully sooner rather than later. So far, uh, we know that there is a show slated for 2021. Uh, you and I are both really excited for it. If the Orville comes back before that show does, uh, I think we're going to get together to talk about Orville. I mean, I know we're going to talk yep. about it anyway, but... Um, And I'll use wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey, section
1: 31e technology to get um, uh, Lieutenant Commander, by the way. should congratulate her on a Mm. promotion. Uh, Lieutenant Commander Doo back as well for that, maybe.
0: Oh, that would be nice. We'll have to contact her via subspace to find out.
1: Well, I've put in the requests already, so we'll see how
0: long. Ah. Starfleet uh, admin takes a long time these days. Okay. Uh, Well, we shall see then everybody and in the meantime head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of this show and you can find us on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher and spotify just search for i'm a doctor not a podcast hit subscribe and that way you can come back sometime in the year 2021 to hear us talk about either season three of the orville or season one of star trek strange new worlds